Hi, everybody. That's Philip. And that's Dana. And, and we're, we're Tango. Tango. Thank, Thank you, you for, for coming, coming, Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> Hi, Jordan. Hi. Sorry, the cat is here. My cat's distracting as always. But Jordan Underwood is literally an alien. Um, they, them, queen, actor, mm-hmm. performer, model, activist, Jordan Underwood. Thank you for coming. Oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> Jordan has had so many touch points with us. That's right. True. I feel like you're, you're very the kind of person who like when there's a call to action, you're like, I'm there. What's the address? Do I need to address <laughs> like, it's, it's true. Which is why like I feel like you've just like been around and and involved. And I mean, we're so glad to now have your words. I feel like we have images with you and we have thoughts with you and now we get to seal them into this podcast oh yeah baby <laughs> so somewhere that we always start with our podcast guests is the birds and the bees where everything starts with sex yes. so did you get the birds and the bees i did i so i have my mom gave me that book the american girl doll book always yes. comes up a classic yeah mm-hmm but I think she told me the reason why she had to have the talk with me, because I got it young, is because in, like, first grade, we were looking, like, pe- boys in my class were, like, looking at, like, bad words in the dictionary. Sure. And, like, they were looking at, like, sex and, like, vagina and, like, fuck and stuff like that. And I, like, went home and I was like, hello. <laughs> and my mom was like, hello. <laughs> And you're like, please tell me like, the definitions of all of these Please words. explain. Hello? And then she was just like, here's a book. And she was like, here's the explanation. But I think it didn't happen immediately. Okay. Because I don't, I mean, I don't have a vivid memory of this, but my mom was telling me this the other day. And so I can only trust her. She was like, so I got you a book. I remember the book, but I don't remember the talk itself. I okay. blacked out. Clearly. <laughs> well, I love like now as an adult talking to my mom about the things I don't remember. Yeah. Like me too. In, in terms of like sex and yeah. drugs and doing bad sinful things. <laughs> or revealing. Like, I revealing what I did. I always tell my mom everything and she's always like, TMI. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> Excuse me. Rude. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have a pretty open dialogue with your mom then. Yes, we love her. So she's an icon. It's so did that start at a young age? Yeah. I've like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm pretty much an open book, like for with everyone. So <laughs> I think that like with my mom, that's been no different. I mean, like literally the first time I had sex well the first time I like had oral sex with someone I literally ran home and I my mom was asleep and I got in bed with my mom and I said mom I have to tell you something and she was like what you know because my mom goes to bed at like 5 p.m like she's sure. like a fucking elderly person um and I was like I had sex with a penis I was like I had oral sex and she was like don't tell me this! <laughs> and I was like... Ah. How old were you? I was 16, I think. 17? No, I think I was 17. So interesting <laughs> that you were the one that was like, let me please offer you this information. And she was like, too much information. Too much information. We need a parent. I just it. needed to tell somebody. Sure. And of course mom is safe. Because it tell. was someone that I was like best friend. It was my best friend. Yeah. Mm. And like, they're also non-binary now. So, but they were like, literally, <laughs> she was such an event in my brain. And like, because there was a lot of lead up, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Like, anticipation. You know, a lot you of thought it was going to happen. And also it was someone that like several of my friends had also hooked up with. Sure. And so I just needed, I just needed to tell somebody and she was there. <laughs> so this was the first time that you had sex. Yes. True. Mm. And. Mm. What an expansive definition of sex, Philip. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It sounds like we're learning That's about- sex. <laughs> yeah. That is sex. A hundred percent. I know. 
we I have... could even argue that masturbation is sex. Like, no, it is. No, it is. It is. We don't, it need, is. To, we don't need to argue. Okay, that. great. Yeah, we're all in agreement. Actually, you're right. You had sex before that. Thank you. We don't know that they masturbated okay. before. Oh, don't worry. I did. Don't worry. <laughs> Mazel. Thank you. <laughs> did you tell your mom about masturbating? No. No. But she walked in on me once. That sucked. What happened? I was like in the bathtub. Sure. So I don't know why she walked into the bathroom while I was in the bathroom. That's <laughs> weird. Oh, my mom had no boundaries. I'd be in the shower in high school and she'd knock on the door and I'd be like, I am in the shower. Period. Yeah. And she would be like, I'm coming in. I'm like, no. She said, just for a second. And I'm like, oh my no. God. And then she would just like sit on my toilet and talk to me and be like, I'm thinking about like on Friday night. Like I know your grandma wanted to have us over. And I like, do that with my oh. friends now though. Yeah. Like, we're like so invasive, but like also. <laughs> I do with my friends now. Like my roommate and I like will like that bathroom. Yeah. We go to the bathroom. We brush our teeth. We wash our hands. We shower and they can all happen at the same time. Yeah, of course. Exactly. But when I'm 15 yeah, and yeah, my, yeah, my yeah, mom yeah. is coming in, it was like mortifying. Too I was much. like, you have to get out. I had like a glass shower too. Oh, So yes. there wasn't any privacy. Yes. Wait, so going back to then masturbating, coming before our first touch point with sex, did you have friends that taught you or internet that taught you? Internet. 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 Mm. internet. Yeah. Internet. I don't even know... I think I must have. Mm. I don't even like remember the first time I masturbated though. I think I was probably like twelve. I feel like I was little. Twelve is like. No, I've been learning from this podcast that everyone masturbated before me. Like I, (laughs) I thought that we were all kind of in the same range. I was like, yeah, everyone masturbated around like (laughs) fifteen, and everyone that has come on the podcast is like ten. Nine, eleven, like give me, and I'm like, I love that for them, but then I'm like, wait a second, why wasn't anyone telling me? Oh my yeah, God. that's so funny. Well, because I, I think it for me, it was like, I like thought it was like very much so related to my like coming out, because mm. I like would like watch like lesbian porn, but at like sure. age twelve, yeah, and I was like, wait, am I gay? <laughs> and then. And you were like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I think so, I guess. But then I like had a big crush on Taylor Lautner. And so then I was like. As we all did. And then I was like, my, so one of my best friends always makes fun of me because I don't know if you guys had the day of dialogue at your school. So the day of dialogue uh, was after the day of silence, which was about gay people. Wait, whoa, 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 Wait, you've never whoa. heard of either of these things? The day of silence is what? About gay people. But what about But what gay about people? us? We're not Because silent. gay people can't come out and talk about their sexuality. <laughs> oh, so, so, ev- so people take a pledge to, to be, be silent. silent. For the gays. For the but gays. But are the gays allowed to be loud? I mean... Is it just like here's silence the thing. for the streets? I never was silent on the day of silence because I was like... I'm gay. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was never silent, but then the day of day of dialogue is when gay people talk about being gay. Oh, oh what a concept! I told you I went to hippie high school. Wow. So, so like, yeah. So it's kind of like a day where like everybody pretends like together, even like straight we all people. Pretend to be gay. We're all in the closet. Yeah. And then we're all out of the closet. Yeah. Wait, so it's like a ceremonial coming out. Did we have the straight people come out too? No. No. No, no. No. It's not not like that. It's just like there are assemblies. Hi, everybody. So it's still us. And, and we're, we're still, still Tango. Tango. A new sex company for everybody. And everybody. We'd like to thank all of our listeners for the support that we've gotten so far. We are so excited to be releasing new episodes bi-weekly for your pleasure. And to show our love to you, we've made a promo code just for you. Check out the Tango plug, or tote, or both. Use code Thank You for Coming to get 15% off of your first Tango purchase at www.tangowith.us. Thank, Thank you, you for, for coming. coming. But the reason I brought this up was to say about my speech that I gave on the day of dialogue senior oh, year. Oh, I, oh. I gave a speech. Oh, amazing! So, the best dialogue. Wait, of all to the time. whole, to the room. Yes, to, to the, the school. To the school, and so 
basically, and I'm talking about the speech because my friend makes fun of me because it's my coming out story and also is really dumb. So <laughs> when I was, so I was like giving this speech and I'm like, I thought I was gay. So then I had this notebook and I like wrote in the notebook, I think I'm gay. And then I threw the notebook in the trash. It was like an <laughs> empty notebook, but I was like, no one can know. So I threw it away. And like, what a waste, honestly. The world is dying. The paper. Good paper. Oh, I know. Devastating. What I would kill for that empty notebook now. Um, but then I was like, oh no, but Taylor Lautner is so hot. So I was like, I'm not gay. And then, in high school, I was like, okay, I think I'm like 10% gay. And I would tell people that. And I'd be like, I'm like 10% gay. And then people are like, Whatever that means. And people were like, okay. This was like freshman year of high school. And then, slowly through high school, that number increased up Mm -hmm. to like 90% gay. Yeah. And 10% straight. Yeah. And then, throughout all of this, I came out to my mom like eight times because percentage has changed well percent but not even like i would like try and come out to her and i'd be like hey mom i have to tell you something never mind (laughs) (laughs) until the final straw where we were on a car ride and we were in on the highway and i was like there's nowhere to go i just have to do it now rip the band-aid off Mm -hmm. and i was like i'm bisexual and my mom was like i know (laughs) 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 of course um but yeah, so my friend always makes fun of me for telling that story because I did it in front of the whole school. <laughs> I think it's like great to have like a public forum version of coming out because like, I mean, you never know who's like in that room and is like, oh my God, they're up on stage saying something that I'm feeling. Yeah. I mean, Tango is kind of my public platform of coming out. Yes. Because I mean, everyone just called me a dyke. So yeah. there was like no like... No one was, like, super concerned. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> I guess everyone just kind of assumed. But, like, I guess Tango was the first time I was like, oh, yeah, I'm bisexual. Like, yeah. saying the words out loud. When people are calling you a dyke for years, you kind of just, like, aren't worried about telling them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think, like, for me, too, like, I had that problem when I went into college because I was the only queer, queer woman, air quotes, as I formerly identified Mm -hmm. um for like all of college basically I was the only one in my class and so like now if I say something about like liking a guy or like having sex with someone who has a penis like like people are always like what and I'm like this was on you guys like you are the ones who made this assumption about me like I always said I was a biased bisexual but you just didn't hear. Mm-hmm. Like, just because I think all men are trash does not mean that I'm not attracted to them. Yeah, and also that because I came out as something or because, like, my sexual preference um, typically swings one way, that that's, like, me, branded, like, done no Mm -hmm. no more exploring like defined yeah literally no more i mean i think that your story though is really important for how we talk about sex education and the kind of like broad spectrum experiences people have and you had a school where you were able to come out in front of everyone which means that like there were touch points within your education that allowed for that to be okay and like the representation of sex ed you got must have been inclusive in some form or maybe the culture of the school i wouldn't say it was inclusive i would say like we got a very like baseline like gay people exist Mm -hmm. and there wasn't any judgment around that which I know is like different across the United States and like some states you can't even say that so like were you in Massachusetts okay only nine states require sex ed to be LGBTQ plus friendly yeah so like that was definitely true that like in some regard it was like comprehensive in that way but I think I told you guys this last time I was with you guys at that one thing that we did. The salon. At the salon where 
the like head of the sex ed department or the head of the health department at my mm-hmm. school like was quoted in our school newspaper saying that they weren't going to like tell you how to have like how not like how to have gay sex but like proper sex like okay like if you're like a vagina person like you need clean fingernails if you're going to like be sure. down there yeah. in the vagina area yeah. for health reasons yeah. like that was never going to be explained because and her reasoning was that she said that it was like um they weren't going to teach you how to smoke marijuana so they weren't going to teach yes, you, you like how us. to have gay sex or like teach but, you about gay sex uh. she's like i'm not going to tell you what sodomy is yeah literally like, how like quoted it's I swear I could find it online if we looked right now. (laughs) Well, it's also assuming that like queer sex is the dirty sex. So we're not going to teach you how to do it in a clean way. Literally. Which like a hand is a hand. A hand that touches that subway pole is a hand. No matter the the gender or anatomy of that human body. Like, Like teaching cleanliness and hygiene is super important. And also like... Doesn't include touching yourself. Yeah. Mm. So that is one sex negative health teacher. I know, right? So, um, you know, like with coming out, I feel like there's so much pressure put on like coming out and like defining like when I first came out, I came out as bisexual to my parents and I do not identify with bisexuality anymore. However, Mm -hmm. I would say like give myself credit for myself back then instead of being like, it was a transitionary phase. It's like, no, like I felt bisexual at that moment and then my sexuality changed. Yeah. Um and I feel like once like there's sometimes like this pressure that like once you've come out, that like you've come out. Yeah. Mm. I think like because I came out as non-binary, like, way after I came out as gay or mm-hmm. queer or whatever. Um, and, like, it was so much harder the second time. Yeah. And, like, I was talking to my therapist about it. And she was like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> like, because you thought you were done. Yeah. And, like, then you had to do it again. And you, like, anticipated it being, like, the same or, like as easy as it was like the first time right but it's not what do you think that there are other things that like were also relearned or re-experienced like through coming out a second time yeah yes yeah i my roommate and i were talking about this the other day we were like damn our friends were really bad about like my second coming out Hmm. and made it about themselves Oh, interesting. And, like, I think that's, like, less about, like, the process of coming out and maybe more just about, like, how we view gender and, like, the gender spectrum. Yeah. Um, Because I have found that, like, because, like, sexuality is very much so, like, unless we're having sex, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Right? Mm. Like... That's just tea, like, you know, because, like, I could, I mean, like, I could be, like, oh, I'm a lesbian to Kellen, and that doesn't affect Kellen. Right. Because Kellen's not a woman. (laughs) Kellen's our producer for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, you know what I mean? And so, like, what's Kellen going to say? But, okay, like, it doesn't affect Kellen. Yeah, it doesn't affect Kellen. Like, it literally, unless Kellen has a crush on me, which is, like, would make sense. (laughs) but like you know so it's I feel like with sexuality coming out is so much different because with gender everyone sees you and everyone has an assumption of your gender idea of what that means and like nine times out of ten it changes the way that they refer to you Mm -hmm. yeah and when you're talking about you know like it's just like well, your gender is is such a socialized yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Like, in a lot of ways, your gender doesn't exist unless you are being socialized within it. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I say I'm an alien. <laughs> <laughs> and also that gender is not a sexuality. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. I feel like oftentimes you hear a lot of, like, cishet people 
think that, you know... Uh, oh, no! <laughs> think that, you know, it, there's being straight, there's being gay, there's being trans. trans. <laughs> and it's like, Ooh. As like a third category, <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. My mom, I mean, my mom, one of her, like, questions she had, because I... My mom was, like, very slow to get the pronouns. Like, she's still working on it's it. It's hard with... Is she Gen X? Yeah. It's, it's she's hard. She's 53. Is that Gen mm-hmm. X? Yeah, Gen X. Um, I love you, Mom. <laughs> she will listen to this. We stand, Mom. We love Mom. Um, but it's just... I mean, like, it is... And I say this, too, like, with my parents in mind, of, like, the sweetest people. The yeah. best intentioned. Understand everything intellectually when we are, like, eye to eye. Yeah. Talking it through, yeah. nodding, affirmations. We understand, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like a week later, there'll be a misgender, yeah, mm-hmm. of wrong pronoun usage, and then it's like, let's let's flip back to our notes from last week, <laughs> literally, last literally, and it's so hard because I'm like, I always feel bad. She's like, I'm such an asshole, and I'm like, no, like no, you're not, and yeah, and <laughs> and like let like let's talk about this because it's my mom. Like yeah. I wouldn't do this with like a stranger or even like an acquaintance but mm-hmm. it's like what can we do together to make this easier for you yeah. easier for you yeah i mean getting it through to my mom was by i mean maggie nelson the argonauts <laughs> and being like because one of my best friends is on binary my mom and this person have like a love affair they like they totally love each other yeah and my mom really had trouble with their pronouns and I was like mom first name use their first name this yeah. is a human being with a name that you know use their name yeah and she true. was like oh that makes a ton of sense <laughs> I never really <laughs> thought about it that way yeah and like is so good at it now and by using their first name when referring to them was then able to start using they them theirs yeah it's, I saw this post the other day that was like very um relevant that was like are you like actually understanding someone's gender or are you memorizing their pronouns? Mm. Mm. And it's like, we can tell. I can tell. I'm just yeah. going to say it. Like, I can tell. Even yeah. if someone doesn't mess up my pronouns, I can still tell if they're yeah. just good at memorizing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Because it's yeah. like, if you're air quoting my pronouns every time you say them, mm. like, this is not real. It doesn't count. No, there's like a true camp mm. that I feel like is resisting not seeing they, them as not plural. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is so bizarre. I remember very specifically it being in the third grade <laughs> and I was in English class, which was already my worst topic. I'm not a reader or a writer. Wait, and English was your worst topic? The worst! The worst! <laughs> Second worst was history. Oh this God. is Ugh. all surprising. Well, I guess you're an architect. So math and science were like... Ooh, let's like have it easy. Anyway, so I was in my English class and uh, my teacher, I wrote something and I just like remember from such a young age hating the term he or she. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's disgusting. And, yeah. No, I've never done why? that. Like, why? Like, why? And so you then say they. I would always say yeah. they and I would write they and they would, you would like, I, my this piece of writing so would be us. all circles of red around <laughs> every they. And they're like, yeah. how do you not understand that you were talking about multiple people? And yeah. I'm like, how do you not, under- me in third grade, how do you not understand <laughs> that he or she is trash? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. My mom was an English make. Um, English major in college too so I think that's also part of it for her mm-hmm. um, that language is so important yeah and that there are rules yeah but I but like she does understand like in her credit like she gets it yeah it's just like I think a lot of it is habit and like what we when I was like hello like let's talk about this let's like figure out what's so hard because I told her that she could still call me her daughter mm-hmm. because I was like I don't I mean like Because for her, a big problem was, like, what do I call you? Right. Because, like, you're not my son. She doesn't like child because I'm not a a a child. A children. You're not a child. My my grown child. Well, I said to say child, and she was like, no, that's wrong. And I was like, okay. So you can just call me your daughter. Like, I don't care. You know, for that one, I'm like, at this point. Mm. It was a sacrifice. Not even a sacrifice. I was just like, whatever. I mean, it's like. Yeah, I like I am your in the same way that like 
Like, we don't stand Caitlyn Jenner, but Caitlyn Jenner is like, I'm still your dad to right. Kendall and Kylie, you right. know? It's like, no, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's like the role. It's the relationship. That you've played, the relationship that existed for years. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, at a certain point, like, those words are kind of divorced from gender when you know someone that well. Yeah. Like, when I think of mom, like, I think of my mother. I don't think of a woman with a child. Yeah, exactly. I think of that human being. Yeah. Well, something that I think about with both your situation and with Caitlyn Jenner's situation is, and I'm not saying that I I cannot believe that we have not, we have, this is our first Caitlyn Jenner moment. I know, I actually like, <laughs> are you sweating? Woman. I like don't know how to talk about this <laughs> podcast, but. I so. do. <laughs> I do. You know I watch every episode of her okay. show. Oh, me no, of, oh, of, of Kate, of, of whatever Kate. the fuck yeah. it was called. I am Kate. I am Kate. Yeah, no, she's, I mean, <laughs> I will give an opinion, but if you want it, come find me. So, well, oh so what, what, what both? Kate and you are doing at that moment where you're allowing your mom to use the term daughter yeah. and Caitlin's offering the term dad as well yeah. is I think that they're gifts like not like in terms of a sacrifice I take back sacrifice yeah. but I think that it is you giving a gift to your parent or in that case to her children yeah. of um, like you can have this, like, cause the and the reason I say gift is cause like there's a moment where like someone will be allowed to be like I'm not your daughter, I am your son if it's someone who's like oh yeah trans or like I am yeah. your child because I do not recognize like daughter or son yeah like I wouldn't want someone else to call me my mom's daughter but I'm like right. you know like if you yeah, are referring yeah. to me whatever so all this to say I was like is that what's making it harder for you and she was like. I think so. Interesting. Because it wasn't like lining up. Yeah. Like if all the language is like different, she mm-hmm. has trouble. Mm-hmm. So like even the other day we were talking about it and she was like, can someone be a non-binary girl? And I was like, sure. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> I have, like one of my best friends is like identifies as a boy and is non-binary. You know, it's uh-huh. like, uh-huh. so it's like. That's chill. And yeah. anything is possible. Right, like, when you say non-binary girl mom, though, it might not be what you're assuming is a yes. non-binary yes. girl. Yes, But like, someone could identify themselves that way. Yes, like, mm-hmm. yes, correct. <laughs> like, to my mom, a non-binary girl might mean, and this is wrong, an assigned female at birth non-binary sure. person. Yeah. Uh, uh, Whereas when I think yes. of a non-binary girl, if someone just if someone that. just said that to me, I would assume that they were talking about a trans femme, yeah, non-binary person. Yeah, you know, I would have no idea what that person's genitalia could be. Yeah, and I wouldn't care. think about yeah. it. No, like I literally couldn't think what a sign of birth. Like, yeah. if you were like non-binary girl, I'd be like, great, that there are there <laughs> the options are. There are so many under the So sun. many. And then I like, and then I was telling my mom, like, I was trying to explain, like, how non-binary is, like, a spectrum. Yeah. Like, it means so many different, not even a spectrum, like, just, like, an umbrella term. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, for example, on the male-female spectrum, I am on a spaceship away <laughs> in the spaceship <laughs> off in the distance and she was like she was like what and I was like I'm trying to come out to you as an alien I'm just trying to explain to you something (laughs) that I am an alien (laughs) and I think that like your Instagram presence is like unreal body positive unreal like gender sexuality positive and how has that helped you in these coming out processes how do you feel like you use your platform to help others? Honestly, if you use it to help your mom understand you. Yeah. Yes. I think that for me, like, I only came out to, like, a handful of people in person. Most people, I just, like, put it on my Instagram and I was like, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to see this. And, like, if you keep not acknowledging it for a while I guess I'll have to tell you but like Mm -hmm. you know I only came out to like well yeah I really only came out to like people that I knew didn't go on social media and I came out to my mom 
and my dad on the phone because I was like, I guess I owe this to you. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, because I didn't come out to my dad the first time my mom told him. <laughs> so I was like, I guess I will you give you this one. gift this one time. <laughs> um, and then like, even like my roommate, who's like one of my best friends, he was like away on contract. And so he found out on Instagram, like, you know. It makes it easier. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, especially because I, I mean, I realized I was non-binary when I was in high school, but I just didn't come out because mm-hmm. of the theater thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I mean, that was six years ago. And like being non-binary wasn't really like in the lexicon. Right. I was going to ask if you like had the vocabulary even for it. I did. Because yeah. what happened was I was in my feminism and literature class, which in is where high school, I, yes, insane. which is where How I wrote I where I wrote the fifteen page research paper on the word cunt, which Bless. we can circle can back send, to. Can you send this to me? Sure, I'll try and find it. I don't actually know where it is right now, but we'll find it. Um, but in that class, my teacher was talking about gender and sexuality, and was like, "Gender queer is a thing that people are," and I was like. Mm. Oh, that is a thing that I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. How funny. You've identified the thing that is exactly what I am. Literally. So, like, that was, I mean, yeah, I was, like, 17. But theater is, was and is still incredibly gendered. I mean, I guess that makes sense that there, you know, we were already exploring language six years ago in terms of uh, the devel- early development of, I mean, not early development in terms of identification for non-binary or genderqueer, but creating language that, like, on a mass scale can be understood by society. Like, it was very culturally specific, I think, even six years ago. Like, I know that when I was in high school, like, people were talking about, like, two-spirit people. Yeah. And, like, non-binary people in, like, other cultures. I mean, do we also remember, like, the whole, like, ziz and zers, which Mm -hmm. are, like, are still used, but not, like, very widely. Yeah. Like, it definitely yeah. existed, but it's, like, in... Th- I mean, as far as I'm aware, there's only one non-character written to be non-binary that made it to Broadway, which was in Head Over Heels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, Head Over Heels, at least for musicals, and then in plays, like, straight white men had two non-binary people... MCs, yeah. MCing the show, but I... I personally would not consider them to have been in the show because it was cameos. They were playing themselves. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it was, they were serving a big function in the show, but not like. It's not a character. They weren't characters. Yeah. And I don't think that if the show existed regionally, it would, they would have people playing yeah. those roles. They wouldn't necessarily respect that those roles are non binary, written a certain way. Yeah, like, because well, like it was Kate Bornstein. It really specific. You couldn't. Like, I'm not going to be cast in straight white men and then go up on stage before the show and be like, hi, I'm Kate Bornstein and this is straight white men. Like, that's not going to happen. So I don't know how that functions, like, as the show exists outside of what it was on Broadway. But, like, yeah, there are literally no I mean, Taylor Mack did here. Yeah. Um, That's true. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, Taylor Mack is for a whole nother podcast. <laughs> what an incredible yeah. artist. Um, but that's only one example, right? Yeah. Um, I can't think of any other one. I mean, like, and yeah, like, off-Broadway and in other, like, smaller forums, like, definitely these plays and musicals exist. But, like... On a super small scale. When I talk about it, I feel like I have to just use Broadway as, like, the flat point because, like... That is what is like mass scale. Like that is what people see. Yeah, like the most my, commercial yeah. version of it. Like I've done readings, and my friends are in, have done readings where like non-binary people are like in the cast, and also like characters written. Yeah. But like someone who likes Broadway, who lives in Wisconsin, is not, not see that. seeing that. Yeah. You know, they're not going to be able to listen to that score. They're not going to yeah read that libretto. <laughs> well, and also here's the thing: hot take on like these roles too is that it's not only having a character that is non-binary in mm-hmm. an, in a musical it's about having a non-binary focused story yeah mm-hmm. and that's yeah. the difference between like tokenism and representation yeah and even like 
when there are calls for non-binary people, and I see this a lot in film and TV too, like the non-binary representation that we get is thin and white mm-hmm. and like hot mask and hot and like or like mask or androgynous and super hot or like what is like mainstream hot you know yeah. it's like Shane from the L word and that's about it mm-hmm. you know yeah, I mean she's fucking hot she's super sexy and like I know so many people who have commented on my Instagram and messaged me on Instagram being like I've not like I didn't know you could be like curvy and non-binary I didn't know that like mm. you could look like us and and also be ex- exist <laughs> Right, that because like, other people maybe assume like, oh, you have to present so evenly between social genders yeah. in order to be considered non-binary. And like the gendering of body parts, like the fact that like I have boobs and I'm like, sometimes I bind, sometimes I don't, but like most of the time I don't because it fucking hurts. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. that because I'm like okay with having boobs, that means that like I'm a girl. Mm. But like... And that has to do with, like, me being an alien because I often think, like, if I lived on the moon and no one else was there, how would I want to present? And it's, like, the way I present now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? It doesn't, like, the only time, like, honestly, the only times that, like, I personally feel really inclined to, like, bind or I'm, like, oh, I just wish I could get top surgery is when I'm getting misgendered a lot. Sure. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with how I feel on the inside it has everything to do with how I'm perceived. Yeah. So what is it like for you, a non-binary body, to be modeling? And I'm really thinking about, like, your Fenty campaign, mm-hmm. right? Like, modeling and lingerie. Yeah. I'm not, like, super apprised of what Fenty's, like, language is around their product. But, like, we're assuming that, like, that beautiful piece that you were wearing yeah. was being marketed to women. Yeah. It's interesting because with the savage fenty one i that was pictures that we had taken separately and then they licensed them um so i wasn't on set like with them so i don't really know how like and i know for for savage their sets are pretty small it's usually just like makeup artist photographer not like a million people around um but most of the time, yeah, most of the time it's super gendered. I, like, <laughs> done, like, com- campaigns where they're, like, this is the it girl look. And I'm, like, that's I the me. <laughs> I am the it girl today. Like, I am Donna, Midwestern mom of three. <laughs> like, I love that. You know, like, this is just who I am today. And I think, I mean, that's how I deal with it. And, you yeah. know, like, other people maybe would not want to do that, but... For me, like, because I think I, because I'm an actor and, like, modeling is just kind of another facet of that for me, Mm -hmm. it, in my brain, feels more like, uh, sort of, like, doing drag. Like, it's not... Right, performing gender. Yeah. Like, I mean, all gender is performance, for me, at least. Yeah. (laughs) So, it doesn't feel like... Well, for everyone, they just don't know it. (laughs) Like, but, like, for me, I just feel that it's not... Like, that is not triggering for me. Like, wearing a dress or, like, doing certain things like that on set or whatever. What is frustrating is the assumption that I'm a woman. Yeah, yeah. We've put you in a dress. We've put you in lingerie. We've put you in the clothing that is marketed to, branded for, and designed for women. So, therefore, now you are a woman. Yeah, and it's, it's just, it can feel super dehumanizing because I'm, like, I'll even like I've had conversations with makeup artists where I've been like I am non-binary I use they them pronouns and they'll still use she her pronouns for me right and be like oh yeah she's wearing this look oh she's wearing you know and I'm like bruh we literally just had this whole conversation yeah and I understand like when you're on certain sets like there's a million people around and there's communication like everywhere but like, my agent is very good about being very upfront with people. And she'll be, like, in a booking email, she'll be, like, Jordan uses they, them pronouns. In, like, casting emails, she's, like, Jordan uses they, them pronouns. Yeah. yeah. But then I have found that that has never, <laughs> never transferred to set. Sure. Interesting. So, like, what 
Do you have tools that you use to make yourself feel safe in spaces where you're walking in and you're not under you're you don't have a temperature in the room of if people are going to actually recognize your gender? Yeah, I usually, I mean, most of the time, I know at least one person that's going to be there because yeah. normally, because of the things that I book, like it's other plus size models mm-hmm. and. I know them most of the time they're also from my agency and so Mm -hmm. we're like friends um and in those situations usually it's like we it's like you know what's going on I know what's going on let's just like make eye contact about that person misgendering me and move on Mm -hmm. because it's not worth it for me to like have this conversation with a set of 30 people who don't know me and I will maybe never see again. So just feeling seen by an ally. Yeah. Um, Or like I've been on other sets where I haven't known anybody Mm -hmm. and like usually I can suss out like someone a safe person who I can just tell. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is enough for me. Or even if I don't do that, I'll just like message my friends. Yeah. You know, and be like, this sucks. Haha. Like, especially like other non binary people who like also have been on sets like that. Yeah. It's just being like, lol, why do the makeup artists suck? Like, you know, it's like finding camaraderie and like community. Yeah. Um, So do you find reclamation in these shoots as well? Like, so many of your shoots are about the body. Yeah. I do. I really enjoy, like, being naked. So (laughs) I like doing, like, the... I like doing the lingerie. I like doing the nude shoots. Because, like, it took me so long to meet my body where it was. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, and I say it took me a long time, but, like, I got there way sooner than I would say probably most fat people or fat women. Like, I was dieting from the age of like nine or eight, eight to 16, mm-hmm. like very much so like one after the other. Mm-hmm. And then I had a partner who was like, you know, you, you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, what? I yeah. don't, I'm sorry. You don't you, have I, to, I don't I have to excuse. Um, and yeah. And so here we are. So at what point, like in in the in reclamation, mm-hmm. right? Like on these sets, like at what point? Where does it take you from there? Like outside that shoot, right? Like where does it go? Where does it then translate into your life? I think that like doing these shoots, like it's really interesting because I like I think a lot of people have like boundary issues on social media where like with myself where I'll like go to pages where like I'm looking at stuff that's going to make me feel bad and like do that and maybe that's just like my own mental health stuff but like my therapist was like why don't you just like look at your own pictures Mm. and I was like whoa wait yeah yes I love that who's your therapist (laughs) they're excellent Lindsay we love we stand Lindsay Lindsay I mean Okay, so burning question really is about how funny you are. Like, I feel <laughs> like... <laughs> no, it's true. Like, we've had so many touch points. So, when we first met Jordan, let me tell you. When we first met Jordan, it was at a video shoot, and they brought a Tinder date that they had just met as yeah, their... So, they bring a Tinder date that they had just met right before to this video shoot as their date. <laughs> It's true. Um, <laughs> Haley asked me to. I wouldn't have done this if Haley didn't ask me Don't to. Don't throw a Haley under the bus. <laughs> Haley is under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> but like humor is kind of like embedded in a lot of what you do. Obviously, yeah. a lot of like your words on Instagram are are really are based on like activism and are yeah. based on body positive. But, but like humor is there. How yeah. is humor helping you be open and honest? I have always used humor as a coping mechanism, as my therapist, Lindsay, would tell you. (laughs) Um, She gets really mad at me because I will tell jokes, and then she will laugh, and then she'll be like, wait, I'm not laughing. Because you just used humor. Don't do this. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, so fine, Um, whatever. 
Yeah, I I think that for a lot of fat people, just like overall, that's a thing that we are forced to do. And for mm. me, it just so happens to be something that I'm good at mm-hmm. and also relates to like my career as an actor. Yeah. Um, so it's not just something that like I have socially been like forced into, but it's also something that I enjoy and have honed and like it's a skill yeah. that I work on <laughs> regularly in my craft. Yeah. Um But I also think that it can make things a lot more palatable um, Mm. as someone who is not palatable (laughs) on many, like, ways, like, in a lot of... you did come here wearing a cunt necklace. That's true. (laughs) Like, but you know, it's like, because, like, in... in, I just have a lot of intersections in my identity that make me, quote, too much. Like, be that, like, I have borderline personality disorder which is like a mental health thing that is a lot quote um yeah one of the most common mental health disorders is bpd true and then like being a fat person like taking up space and like that would be like too much quote and then like my queerness gender or sexuality is like something that is also i feel like socially seen as like a lot Mm -hmm. you know and so i think that like as someone who isn't necessarily palatable like humor is something that can like put us on the same level the fastest way to relate to something yeah is laughing together yeah and like well because it's also genuine yeah and it is super genuine like it's not fake relating like when you're laughing together like it is genuine relationship to another human being yeah it is and I like being funny. It's nice. Philip, do you have a word? I do have a oh, word. Oh, I knew you did. I can feel you. I want you to define a term for us. And this is however you would define it. <laughs> I wonder if we have the same one. A word? Do you have a word too? I do. Oh my God. I want yours though. Okay. So my word is genderqueer. Oh my Ooh. God. What's okay. your word? Mine was like a two word. It was going to be a fast word. Oh, I guess genderqueer is too. Gender queer. Gender queer. queer. <laughs> <laughs> My word was inclusive representation. Oh. <laughs> okay. Can I talk about both? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, buddy. but we have to say inclusive, inclusive representation. representation. Okay. So well, for gender queer, gender queer. Um, <laughs> thank you for sure. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for pronouncing it correctly. For gender queer. Um, I. I actually, like, was wondering this the other day. I don't know, like, what the actual definition of the word is. But for me, um, I feel that it's, like, if gender... I mean, this is, like, not true anymore. But, like, because, like, now, I guess, like, most of the time we have, like, three boxes of, Uh like, male, female, Mm non-binary. Or other. Or other, male, female, other. Like, I feel that for me gender queer has always just been the other the right. like non-binary um but I don't know if that's different now because when I first realized I was non-binary it was through the word gender queer mm-hmm. and I always took it as like like a queering of gender <laughs> like yeah, in yeah. that like you are not male or female um but I don't know if that's different now because as language has changed. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Jen, I think I think I always assume the same too where like you are queering gender. Like if yeah. the genders that we previously accept are just male and female that you want to fuck it up a little bit. Yeah. I don't know, because I would like to, I should look it up, because, are you going to look it up? <laughs> I know. Quick little Google. I've been looking it up, but I've been breaking it down, because I like the idea of, like, the other. Well, the thing is, like, the <clears throat> reason why I think it gets kind of complicated when you include the word queer is that, like, there's also the whole academic history of the word queer, of, like, like queering, like, 
like queer in like weird like in that yeah. like in like people write fucking think pieces or like essays on like is the desert queer and it's yeah. like okay so <laughs> we're not talking about the same thing and yet we are you know sure i think that we were pretty pretty on the money we just said it in some more layman's terms okay great um but what about inclusive inclusive Inc- representation inclusive representation Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big one for me. A big, a big can of worms, if you will. Yeah, it's like capital I. Yeah, like I feel that um, something that we have issues with in all media, stage, film and TV, print, um, is that we really like the idea idea of being inclusive and representing people but we don't like hiring the bodies that will make that the reality so like i (laughs) tell you a story that happened to me and it'll probably make you really mad so i went into uh for a casting and i'm gonna say the name because i hate them fluid project Mm. Okay. They had a an open casting, and I texted my agent, and I was like, "Should I go to this? They don't carry plus sizes, but the casting flyer said all genders, all sizes, all races. They don't carry plus size. They don't carry any plus size clothes. Their biggest t shirt size is an XL, and that's it. Um." And in, like, actual clothes, like, pants and stuff, it's, like, I think maybe they top out at a 12. Um, So, my agent was, like, yeah, go, like, even if they don't call you in for a fitting, like, at least they'll, like, have seen you. It's, like, good to, you know, go show your face at these things. So, I went. I got called back for a fitting. So, they had seen me. They had seen my body. My, like... Big ass body in person, like they had seen me there. Um, it was on video, they have photos, they have photos, like it's out there. And they called me in for a fitting and they tried to put me in pants at this fitting that were a size four. (gasps) (laughs) And I obviously was not asked to be in the presentation, it was for a runway presentation, but. I just want to know <laughs> why they thought they could call in someone who is like in pants a size 20, give me these pants that they were not only like, were they giving me these pants that were a size four, but they were like oversized pants. So they were like, maybe these will fit you. Like, I'm like, hello? Like, you're dumb. Oh, <laughs> like, well. my God. I hate that. It was wild. And I was so mad not even for myself because I like I don't know like I like I am a model that is like part of my career or whatever so I'm used to going in for fittings or like not not necessarily that I'm used to going in for fittings where things don't fit me because that's wild that they wouldn't even have options once Mm -hmm. you get to that point because once you get to that point they have your sizes they have your availability like to, call, you, like, to call someone in for a fitting is to say, like, we're ready to book you. Yeah. And that we, like, we are going to fit clothes we've on you. We've pulled clothes we've, based on the sheet that says your measurements. Clo- yeah. So, like, for that, like, I'm, like, I'm me. Like, I'm, like, I'm hardened. Like, I've been through it with this stuff. Like, yeah. it's fine. But there, I know that most of the people there were not, um, like, professional models like Mm. because it was an open call right um like they posted it on their instagram so like i know people who like went in for this who are like actors who are not models or like people who just are queer who like wanted to be involved in this company and i'm like that could wreck somebody yeah like truly that could wreck somebody working in modeling is probably one of the hardest things to do on your psyche unless you are hardened like you say Mm -hmm. where like you are ready and you know like the ins and outs of it's just a business it's just a job yada yada but 
And also it's like I have the mentality that I've always had that one of my teachers who taught feminism in literature told me was that like we used to make clothes to fit bodies and now for some reason we're making bodies to fit clothes. So true. Mm. Clothes. Backwards. Go on bodies. Backwards. Bodies do not go in clothes. Like Clothes are like disposable pieces of fabric. Yeah. So like I have always had that. Not always, but... Since my, like, body positive awakening in high school, like, that has been something that I have, like, lived my life by, and that's something that even when I'm feeling, like, really shitty about myself, that, like, I'm like, oh, this doesn't look right on me. Oh, this doesn't fit the way I want it to. It's like, that's not my fault. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is because the designer or the manufacturer was not taking into account how bodies look. Yeah. (laughs) And... Are. Especially if it's a big enough line, a big enough company that has the resources. Yeah. And has the scale. Yeah. So like that was that was something that happened that was really wackadoo. Well, something that, that makes me feel like they weren't doing was taking into consideration the inclusive representation aspect of it. So yeah, so that's basically the thing is like I'm like, if you're gonna put me on your mood board hire me Mm -hmm. yeah if you're going to put like trans women of color on your mood board they better be in your fucking campaign yeah i think that they're also taking this a step further companies that will book different bodies be inclusive in their booking and then whoever is handling their marketing whoever is handling their e-commerce or their paid advertising isn't including those bodies on the media that gets pushed with money oh i have a further example too over the summer i booked a job for um, and i'll say the company because i have bridges to burn warp weft who are like a jean company yeah yeah yeah. um and their whole thing is that they like use less water than other denim companies or whatever the fuck they're like we're inclusive and we're good for the environment which is so great and i totally agree with your messaging and so i booked that job for a whole day, day rate fifteen hundred, which is like pretty standard. I got there at my call time at like fucking eight a.m. I go, I took pictures. They wrapped me at eleven. Every other model was asked to stay. The other models were probably like two of them were like a size sixteen, and the other three were like thin, like probably a size two. Um, and none of the pictures I used, the, none of the pictures that they took of me were used mm-hmm. and I never saw the pictures. So, and, and someone on that set who I know texted me the next day and was like, don't feel bad because they did the same thing to the three plus size girls who were here today on the second Holy day of shooting. Holy shit. Whoa. And like, I mean, hey, we love that you got paid for that. I'm like, I got paid. So I, at the time, like. I was pissed, but I also, and I, and I knew the second the, whoever the fuck the, this dude was that came up to me and was like, we're done with you for the day. Thank you so much. I was like, I know exactly what's happening here. And I'm getting paid. So I, you I'm not. for my work. You pay me for my time. I'm not going to like, you know, flip a table right now. And also I think like, <laughs> it's so funny because the other girl, the other person that I knew they, I said this to them. I was like, they probably wrapped me because I was like too fat for whatever they wanted to do. Um, and the person was like, oh no, I don't think so. Like they were, a, um, they like work for Warp Left. And, <laughs> and then the next day this happened and they were like, damn, I really didn't think you were right. But like, you were right. Well, we don't here's... want them to be right. No, but it's the reality but, of the situation. And here's the thing. Nine times like, out of the ten, that is what's happening. Sure, we can make excuses for the, them as a brand. of Like, they paid you, whatever. But, like, bullshit. Like, because they didn't pay you for the emotional burden. They did not yeah. give you the opportunity. And back to what you were saying, if you are going to have these people on your mood board, hire them. Yeah. And you also didn't get the recognition for those photos later. Yeah. Like, part of building a portfolio, part of building a resume is being able to say, like, look, I was in this campaign. It was successful because it was in it. Yeah. My body was able to do X, Y, Z. That's what you're paying me for and building out, like, your career. And, like, honestly, and I, like, this isn't, like, woo, 
fat positive thing to say, but it's like embarrassing, mm-hmm. you know, because it makes me feel like I was not doing my job, mm-hmm. you know, in mm-hmm. the, like, I'm like, and I know that's not true, right? Like at the end of the day, they were going to wrap me whether or not they liked the pictures, you know? Yeah. yeah. Because I'm a photogenic bitch. Like, you know, like there is a reason why I get paid to do this. And the reason why they wrap me is not because the pictures did not look good. It's because they did not want an actually fat body in their campaign. Yeah. And that's just what happened. Yeah. You know, and that's, and it's hard because I, on that day, I did feel kind of embarrassed because I had scheduled my day like this way. And I was like telling my roommate, I was like, yeah, I'll be home at six. Like. And then I had to be like, yeah, they wrapped me at 11. Yeah. Like, (laughs) okay. You know? And it's fucked up and it's not my fault, but I'm a human with emotions. (laughs) No, I mean, I want to visit where you, like, apologizing for, you know, this might not be fat positive for me to say. We had a guest on, Shanae Alexander, who was kind of like, fuck the idea of positive, like, wanting to recreate the idea that it's confidence. Yeah. And, like, giving yourself room for the positive days and the negative days. Mm-hmm. And, like, allowing for there to be both. Yeah. And I, like, it it super moved me mm-hmm. and made yeah. me feel really great. And, like, hearing you say that made me think about what she said and made yeah. me think a lot about, like, honestly, if you, you have to paint a true picture. Yeah. As someone who is, like, a public person on Instagram who's talking about fat positivity, who's talking about body positivity, sex positivity, gender, queer positivity, the whole spectrum, you also have to be able to reveal the bad days. Yeah, and that's really important to me because I think that, like, like, I, I think the reason why, like, it is, we call it, like, fat positivity is because it's, like, corrective, right? Like, body positivity... It's kind of whatever. I don't really care because I think like thin people get enough of it. But like Mm -hmm. for like fat positivity, like we are trying to counteract like active oppression and like the deaths of fat people because of medical malpractice and the deaths of fat people because of like bullying and, you know, diet culture and all these things. And so like that's why we call it like fat positivity or whatever. But I think that thin people in body positivity are given a lot of room to be like, oh, I used to hate this one roll on my stomach when I hunch over and do this. (laughs) And like, now I love it. Look at me. I'm so thin and I have rolls. But if a fat person does that, like, I don't know. I don't see it. Like, I don't see that happening. Because we're expected to be so confident and inspiring. Yeah. And, like, booked and, like, mm-hmm. on yeah. your mood board. But that's not the reality because we are oppressed. We are literally being oppressed actively every day. Mm-hmm. Like, I grew up seeing fucking, like, headless, fat torsos walking across the news talking about the obesity epidemic mm-hmm. and how we're all gonna die like my doctor when I was like eight years old didn't believe me when I said that my favorite food was tomatoes because I was overweight you know Mm. like there is Mm. so much like concrete oppression that is being ignored especially for female bodies or bodies of people that have like ovaries and uteruses and vaginas and how like OB practices are built on thin bodies and how that affects birth control and oh, yeah. your access to like morning after The morning after pill does not work on fat people. Yeah. Insane. It fully just does and not work. And they don't tell people. People don't know. You have to really look for that. It's not tested. It's not like none of this stuff. It's just like, it's just, it's so whack because it's like literal discrimination and people don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like we do have this mainstream body positivity right now. But it still isn't accounting for people who are above, what, like a 16? Like, we're still out here being like, oh my god, inclusivity, when like the average woman is what, a size 16? And you still don't see that. Yeah. Hmm. And so I'm like, who is your body positivity for? Yeah. You know? Because I don't think it's for me. Mm -hmm. Which is why I've had to go out of my way to make it 
for me <laughs> mm-hmm. and make it for other people who look like me. <laughs> I just want to do one last question. I'm ready. Like, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> Hate to see it. I don't know. I'm like, I've been in a, in a, in a rut, I think. I've, well, that's not true. That's such a lie. I have been getting very close to a lot of things and um, not getting them, which has been kind of frustrating. But I think that getting close to them is good, you know? Yeah. So, like, I, like, am on hold, was on hold for a big fashion week show. Amazing. But, uh... I don't think I booked. I mean, I won't know. It's on Wednesday. Okay. But I thus far have not booked that. But like, that was a pretty big deal. Amazing. Um. So more modeling gigs. More modeling gigs. A lot of like acting stuff that I am hoping to book. But I mean, you know, just the regular, the regular grind. It's it's definitely hard out here. Oh. For a fat bitch. <laughs> for a fat queer bitch. <laughs> like, and I think that, well, I as like, as anyone, can, the most that they can do is create like a social for themselves yeah. that shows people like, you want to know how to book me? Like, look at this. This is how you book me. Like, yeah. this is how do we getting. book you? Um, Instagram. <laughs> Um, What's your Instagram handle? Jord Allen Hall, J O R D A L L E N. Everyone go book Jordan. H A L L. Um, yeah, like book me. My email is on my on my uh, Instagram, or just DM me. You know, I wade through them eventually. The DMs. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. Thank you Thank for coming. Thank you. This is so fun. <laughs>